Empowered Health, a podcast shedding light on how healing is an inside job. Keys to your inner power and total transformation. Discussing wholeness, wellness, and the effects of the mind on the physical and energetic parts of our being. A podcast to support you, moving from fear and pain into wellness and purpose. Belief, hope, connection, energetic keystones for transformation and inner power. Sacred knowledge that inspires us to look within, to find our own unique path. Empowered health, release and rewire to become what you truly are, strong, whole, and empowered. Hi everyone, this is Jane and Shell, your naturopathic doctors, here to inspire you and support you on your journey. Today we have Blossom Bamboo, born in America, living in Amsterdam for the past 25 years. Blossom has done so many fascinating things in her life. In 2007, she was a first place winner of a figure class bodybuilding competition. She is a yoga teacher, a lifestyle coach, a tantrika, and now a tantra therapist. She calls herself a stigma stomper and a taboo tackler. She is a provocateur for positive growth, transformation, and evolution on a personal and planetary level. Welcome, Bamboo. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Jane and Shell. It's so nice to be here. And that was a great introduction. I'm like, wow. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> so, Blossom, tell us, what is Tantra? What is Tantra? That is the, the golden question that everyone asks. Um, in, in my experience and what I know of it, it is an ancient wisdom tradition, a spiritual tradition, and what makes Tantra different than religions and other spiritual traditions that say that you need to steer away from some parts of being human, Tantra actually embraces all of it. And that would also include the sexuality. That's why a lot of people in the Western world, they think, oh, the word Tantra, they think Tantra sex, and they think of, oh, that's all kinds of positions, like really, you know, this kind of easy way. It's not like that at all. The reason why there is sexuality and different techniques and practices using sexuality is because through this very strong energy, it's like our creative energy. We all were created from sex and from the sexuality. And Tantra utilizes that to transcend 
and to really meet with spirit and to have this experience of oneness. That's the way I describe Tantra. And what I love about it is that I have seen so many more things since I've been busy in the tantric field than I've ever seen before. And it's all good and it's all okay. You know, it's all part of this creation, all of it. And when I started to see the world through this lens, everything becomes beautiful and everything is like perfect. You know, like there's not a right or wrong or good or bad. Yeah, it's about acceptance, right? That's what you're Total, total. And, and like meditation brings you almost out of body. Tantra is about bringing your mind and body together. Is that correct? This is true. And it is also a meditative state. But instead of doing it alone and not using the sensories, the sensations, Tantra actually uses the sensory and the sensations and being with another person and getting into this meditative state. Lovely. And what, what have you noticed in the world that you, like you say, you've seen so much more and through different eyes? Can you just give us an example? Well, for instance, um, since getting into Tantra, I've also the whole uh, feminine, divine feminine, sacred feminine, women's circles, sister circles, red tints, all of this has come into my field as well. And this all started right as I started reaching menopause. So I really didn't have a reason to go to a red tent anymore. And for those who don't know, a red tent is these um, gatherings that women go to when they're on their moon cycle and they celebrate their, um, their mints and they use their blood to do many different rituals to call in um, positive aspects into their lives. So what I've seen is that um, when you're looking through the eyes of we are all one, big or small, um, all these different body types, when you strip off everything, including your clothes, and you start stripping off all of the masks of that, that we um, put forth through image, the way that we look on the outside, you really start to see people as people. Right. And yeah. in our uh, North American view, we are so with other, like often with other women and to see women as a tribe and as, you know, like you said, we're all one. It must be incredibly important. This, yeah, it's incredibly empowering. I mean, if you would have talked to me three years ago, I would have been like, oh, womb? What, what womb? I don't know where my womb is. I don't have any connection with my womb. Um, you know, I don't have much connection with my breasts. And through Tantra, this whole world of getting in touch with my own body and see being in groups of women where we're all doing this and there isn't the competition and there isn't this... Um, trying to be better or, you know, jealousy or, I mean, these things come up, but they get talked about and they get transformed, you know, and when you're in this space, like we're, we're here to help each other. We're here to help raise each other and to bring each other up and to lift each other up and to help each other through, through hard times. 
That sounds amazing. And speaking of, of breasts, you know, as you breast cancer, women mm -hmm. go through lumpectomy, and they lose their breasts. And this has a pretty significant impact on the way they view their own sexuality. Would you mm -hmm. be able to give some advice to women who um, have lost their breasts through? Yeah, I think so. I, I can't speak from any kind of experience. I have seen um, a woman who showed me her fresh scars. I remember this was even before I was in the tantric world. And I was so impressed at how she was embracing her new form. And, you know, this is just a material form. That's all it is. And it was so inspiring to me. And so then to come fast forward, what I have learned is like where, where a man, his, um, you know, his cock, it stands out and he's pointing into the world like this. We do that through our breasts, which is really our heart space. So whether you've got breasts or not, we've all got, I mean, most of us have nipples. I know that you can lose that as well when you have some of these operations, but it has to do with this heart space. And this is the feminine. And this is what really feminine embodiment is all about, really expanding this heart space and living from this. And it doesn't matter if you're flat chested or have big breasts or saggy breasts or implants or, or none. I think that it, it has more to do with this, this, symbolic space on a woman and that's the heart space so keeping that heart space open would you say yeah. like how yeah. you know often i i know for a lot of women they find their new shape their new body their new material self um to be disfigured and that affects the way they interact with their own sexuality. Um, mm -hmm. What would you say about that in terms of redefining the heart space as an energy? So what I would say about that is that during this period, I think that it would be really helpful and important to get into touch with your with the yoni with the vagina and with this space which is your your root chakra and you know the the lower chakras and to do some work getting them connected with the heart space i mean there's so many more things that make us feminine and i would for instance suggest to do everything that you can to get you really in touch with your senses, with your sensuality, whether that's through, through touch, any part of the body, you know, try to find new places on your body that are sensitive. I don't have the experience, but I can imagine that if this part of you that's always been sensitive is now removed, there might be neural pathways that can be rewired when you start to find other pleasurable places on your body maybe the, the buttocks or the thighs or even the, the feet or the cheeks. My cheeks are extremely sensitive, for instance. And if they get passed up, like, well, that's almost like, you know, you're passing up another part of the body. 
But I think that um, what I hear you saying, Shell, is that there's some really important things, and that is for the women to give their yoni, their that that sacred space, a lot of attention and a lot of love, and to get really in touch with that. Do you know what I mean when I say yoni? With the vulva and the vagina? So to get really in touch with that through um, some self-love practices and to get in touch with all the other places on the body that can be very sensitive. I remember too, Blossom, you mentioned that you could achieve intimacy without even touching the other person. Mm -hmm. How is that done? That, that must be. And, and it can be as strong as actual contact. Yeah, I think we were talking once in, in a casual conversation. I was like, oh, do you know what energy sex is? But it is possible to have this orgasmic feelings without even having uh, intercourse or, or having the body touched. And if you are, I, you know, I want to be honest right now in this conversation, I am imagining what if my breasts were not here anymore? You know, how would I be, and certainly knowing what I know now, how would I navigate this new world, this new body? Um, and in some ways, I feel like I'm navigating a new body because since menopause, my body's been changing and it's not the same that I've always known. So we're always evolving and changing and people lose body parts, you know, when they're least expecting it. I'm just a little, <laughs> my, my uncle, you know, he's like 65 and he just recently lost a foot. So he's having to navigate a new life with only one foot. So that brings me back to the, the way that our energy bodies are. So with the breath, with breathing exercises and with movement, uh, if, you're in, if you know something about yoga, we have this thing called Kundalini. It's an energy, it's um, in regular medicine. We also have these energy centers. I know that, um, uh, what's his name? Jane, help me out. You know, Bruce the Lipton. one that talks. Yes, Bruce Lipton. <laughs> he always talks about the energy centers. And so you can start to open these energy centers by movement, by moving the spine, by doing certain breath exercises. Yeah, you're already doing it, Shell, just a little bit. It's kind of. And when you start moving your attention down into the pelvis and also with the breath, mm -hmm. And then you can also bring the attention to this heart space and you can start circulating this, this energy that starts to um, really radiate throughout the whole body. You know, that doesn't have, that, that doesn't, you don't need to have nipples for that. You don't need to have breasts for that. And when another person is also very in touch with their own energy, you can just you know, if you know anything about Reiki, we don't have to touch another person for them to feel. And you can actually do the exercise on yourself by rubbing your hands together and getting into this space. And then you can literally just sort of caress yourself. And it's just coming to me, but I can imagine like to this new area here that needs a lot of love anyway, you know, you want to transform any disease in the body and you want to embrace 
this new form. Just give it the love that you've created through the energy exercises. And just like imaginary putting your hands on the bosom. You guys can't see me, can you? <laughs> like just a little bit here on the space. Like as I do this, I can feel my hands just like shh. And it, it just it just gets I, I get so warm. And I think that this could really help women just to feel that sensation of warmth and love that starts to radiate throughout the body. And there's some, one thing I'd like to say about this, what we were talking about earlier, is that if some dramatic and drastic life change causes relationship changes, and then a woman is found like, well, how am I gonna go get into a new relationship? It always starts with how you love yourself and how you're showing up in your own body, in your own light, and in your own, you know, your vibration. And then, you know, whoever you meet's not gonna care. <laughs> yeah, so important. And I think what you're talking about is self-love, self-acceptance. And I know, like, I can only imagine, Shell, but when you go into these situations, you become wanting to take more control, wanting to be in charge more. And that makes you more, almost more masculine instead of embracing the feminine and, you know, the thing loss, which are very feminine, but becoming like staying in touch with that feminine, which polarizes the masculine and mm. to still attract, whereas you become more masculine then there's like a, you know, you're not, you're not attracting the masculine. Mm -hmm. I think what you're saying is you don't have to, there, it doesn't have to be the typical body parts right no not at all not at all I, I and I get what you're saying and I can imagine that that would be the case as well it seems to me that this would be also a a magnificent moment um, if you've never done it before to use this 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 disease the sickness and the change and everything that brings with it to do some inner man inner women work within yourself to really you know reflect on your life and to see how much of your masculine energy was on the foreground or how much of your feminine energy was maybe um too much or that it wasn't balanced because basically when you're coming to any new relationship whether that be with a male or a female and you are integrated in yourself as a whole being like you recognize your masculine energy and you can set that in when you need to take control and you recognize your feminine energy which the feminine is receptive and it just wants to surrender and when you can start to merge these two and integrate them in your own self then you can really show up as as as, as i mean that's so attractive um and that doesn't matter if you have a foot or a breast or you know yeah like there is nothing more attractive than self-love mm. and self-acceptance and surrender. Mm. I like and your surrender. Yeah. Yeah. And surrendering to your feminine is uh like I learned it when I did ballroom dancing, Latin dancing. Like really surrender feminine. That you know, because I think again in North America we we tend to want to be in control and have our life planned and you know achieve and but the feminine is about surrendering it's more about 
you know, attracting and surrender. Can you talk more about that and just what is the feminine? Mm. Yeah, well, the, the feminine qualities are definitely one of surrender. However, <laughs> for a feminine to completely, you know, for, for, and this could be a male or female, let's take gender out of it, but we're talking about the feminine energy. So for someone to really be completely embodied in that feminine energy, they need to feel that they're in a container where they can be held. Because if you're not feeling held or contained, then it's really difficult to let go and to surrender. So it is a play, um, but for like, as a woman who wants to completely surrender to a male partner, then that male partner needs to show up and be completely present and be holding this female energy that can go all over the place. Cause we all know that, I mean, feminine energy is very flowy and it can go all over the place, but it needs a bit of a container, you know? And when that, that container is presence and when that's there, a woman can completely almost like dissolve. And if you're talking about making love, then you're almost like dissolving into each other. And when, when you say a container, it's almost as if the male needs to show up as the male and take control of the situation in a way. Yeah, just describe. Yes and no. Yes and no. I would like to be very careful about using the word control um, because we're not talking about dominance here. We're not talking, I think, in, in, in the societies, in, in our cultures, that we have this idea of men, males have this idea. We also have this idea that that's the domination. But dominance and domination is not control. I would kind of, I see like the feminine as this river, you know, and it needs the, it needs the shore. It needs the banks, you know, to kind of, to keep it there. And that's, yeah, that's also not, you know, someone saying you do this, you do that, you do that. No, it's like saying I'm here. I'm yeah. 100% present. I get this and, holding space, like the, the masculine holds space for the feminine in a very trusting mm, energy. Yeah. I would like to actually um, address that, what you were saying, Shell. If someone's had a mastectomy or they've um, lost a portion or all of their breasts or maybe they've had them reconstructed or whatever, I think a beautiful ex exercise to do with their partner would be one of just witnessing. And that would be that the two partners stand or sit across from each other, not too far apart, but also not too close together so that there's this energetic space and that the woman gets completely witnessed in her being, in her energy. And the man is then invited to be completely there and present for her, whatever comes up. Because there might be sadness there, there might be grief there, there might be anger there. She's completely, you know, torn up that, that she, she's lost something that she's had so much attachment to. Um, so there's also a practice of non-attachment here as well. And I think too, for the, for the male partner, I'm sure, you know, the male partners also go through quite an adjustment having their, yeah. their wife or girlfriend um, or partner lose their breasts because they're trying to be supportive, but I'm sure yeah. 
evokes a lot of emotion for them as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what you could do in, 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 in an exercise like this or in a practice is that then you switch the roles and then the woman can be, you know, after everything's come through that needs to come through and she feels that she can, you know, contain. And the man has the invitation to also say everything that's, that, that's, that's present and but it has to be very clear that nothing is personal whatever he's going through whatever he's witnessing whatever that does to him is completely his thing and the same with the, with with the with the woman and they're both going through something together and apart it could be an amazing opportunity for for really deep growth as a, as a couple as i said in the beginning of this conversation I knew a woman once and she showed me her fresh operation. I was just in awe of how she, how she moved and I had never seen anything like that. So I was also you know, in deep gratitude and appreciation that she you know, um, allowed me to, to witness her in that way. And her and her husband, they're still together. This is years ago. They're still together. And I think that it actually even made them closer than ever. Yeah, yeah. Every difficult situation, if you put it in the right perspective, you can see it as growth and learning and change. Yes. Awesome. Talk more about non-attachment because I was imagining what it would be like. And to me, the first step would be non-judgment, non-attachment. Right. Um, you say non-judgment I have something I think that it always helps me because I'm a very judgmental person so I try to be non-judgmental about the judgmental part <laughs> that's like the best I can do <laughs> and sometimes maybe that's the best you can do with attachment as well you can be try to be non-attached to the attachment I mean it, it's where's the beginning and where is the end it's easy to say and it, it's not the same to really put it into practice um, but you know, when, when a woman gets pregnant or she gains a lot of weight or she loses a lot of weight, we also all kinds of things happen to our bodies. Um, and, and this is just a process of realizing that we're always in change and continually in change. And that will come to each different person in a different way. Yeah, just to trust that. Definitely, definitely. You, you said that it, you been a black sheep and that you've broken a lot of the family lineage, you know, in your own way. Just talk to us about that because it's very inspiring. Oh, it's really funny because I just, um, I feel like I just did a little bit more healing on this uh, just like two days ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, I have a, a, a wonderful dear sister that I met in, in a tantric training and she is very into astrology so she read my chart and we went to the park and we spent hours and then she said something about this this mother thing and I was like okay go on I'm listening and then at this ancestral line and more things came out of that like how all of the women in my uh, mother's line have um, they've always they've they've come from pardon a very patriarchal like basically 
my, my, you know, like my story is never having felt any value, um, unworthy, unwanted, whatever. And in this reading, it was like, well, it's not just yours. Like you come from a line of women. They've never had any value because the woman was just not valued. And it was like, oh, okay, that makes some sense. And we were also talking about the virgin or virginity. And we came around to that the virgin, as it is given to us as the, you know, Virgin Mary is really different than the virgin, meaning the empowered woman. It's, it's a woman that is completely and totally 100% whole and standing in her power. And then suddenly I was like, oh, okay, that takes on also a whole different form as far as the archetype of the virgin. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. It was really interesting to hear that this is already in my natal chart, you know? Um, and yeah, it's an ongoing process. I don't think that uh, it will ever be done. I do know that one of the biggest inspirations and motivation for this is that I have two daughters. And I feel that my purpose here in this lifetime is to break this chain of uh, feminine dysfunction and to really empower my, my girls to you know, be who, whoever and whatever they want to be and to know their value. That is, that is a beautiful intention and I feel like I share that with you as well. And I'm sure many women share that, mm. trying to empower daughters um, yeah. in their lives. Absolutely, and it, what you're saying must resonate with so many. And, you know, and we've gone through quite a shift with women, but like you say, it, it, in homeopathy, we know this, that it can be, you know, generations back and mm -hmm. you choose to heal it. You can heal those generations and those in front, but yeah, it's that's exactly, that's exactly what we were doing. I mean, just having this conversation and seeing the chart and seeing that, you know, it's like, okay, then I was born at this particular place in this moment for exactly this, obviously. And it is like healing what's behind, but it's also paving a new road and healing any, you know, it's not even healing, it's just kind of cleaning it all up and making an open way. And, you know, part of that value and empoweredness and you know, it's not just on the mother because it's also on society, um, Shell, like what you were saying. We're so, um, oh, I don't know if you were saying this, but it, we're so bombarded by all these images of what a female is supposed to look like. And recently, um, at the beginning of this year, I had a very intense Tantra training and I came face to face with one of my darkest shadows and that is that I actually thought that I was very feminine, very much in my feminine power until I really deeply felt what feminine power was. And I was like, oh my God, because I like what was given to me from the media and everything. I was using my body. I was using the tits and the ass and the smile and the charmingness and the coyness and you know the shyness and all these things and i thought that that's what it meant to be feminine i was so wrong and when i came 
into the confrontation of that, it was like, it was very painful. Tell and I, Blossom, that's because, you know, I, I, I often even say to Jane, like this idea that we're supposed to be in high heels and push-up bras, that needs to evolve. Well, I mean, I, I love it. I, I love being in high heels and a push-up bra, but not all the time. And not because I'm trying to do that because it's supposed to be like that. But if I'm doing that because I actually feel really, really good like that, and I feel really more empowered. But with nothing on and no shoes and no makeup, feeling that same, you know, empowerment. It's, it's like a, you know, it's like a beautiful painting. A beautiful painting is a beautiful painting, and there is all of the essence and the content right there. Sometimes they put a beautiful frame on it, you know? The high heels and the push-up bra is just a frame, you know, just like mascara or lipstick, but it's, it's not like that, you know, it's been taught to us that those things is what makes us a woman. That is what I would love to see changed, you know? Changed to what, Blossom? you discover um, faced with this sorry what would you like to see it change to what did you discover when you when you felt this feminism feminine yeah okay so well not feminism <laughs> it's not feminine this divine feminine energy what what i felt was like I, I started crying i like actually really wanted to apologize to every boyfriend i've ever had i was like oh no, really? Um, so it's, it's this quality that's just deep inside. It's a quality of softness and warmth and, 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 and like that, that, that vulnerable surrender, silence. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's so much more than all of the things that we are taught. And it is having a voice. But it's not raising a voice or screaming or shouting or, you know, trying to uh, talk over someone or talk bad about someone or make yourself look better. It's none of that. It's just like, yeah, I, it's difficult to, to describe. But it, 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 well, you know, I think it has a very virgin quality. It has just a very, very subtle, yeah, like, like a V. Does that make any sense whatsoever? <laughs> yeah. Like this quiet power, like mm. a, a way, um, the way I'm, I'm feeling it is like this unapologetic, quiet. Yes. Yes. Power. Yes. Very unapologetic. I am me. You are you. Jane is Jane. We are all amazing. There's, no comparison there's no competition it doesn't matter what our bodies look like it's how we feel inside and to and when we tap into this feminine essence this really sacred divine feminine quality we know ourselves and then it really doesn't um not that it doesn't matter i don't mean it like that because you've got the matter part and that does matter but it doesn't have to matter inside as to who you are as a, as a person, as a woman, as a human being. Yeah. A beautiful place to get to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wish this place for all women. Yeah. 
And it's like the costume we wear and the masks we wear almost keep us away from it because it's, yeah, it's more yeah. organic. It's, mm. it's inside. It's not outside. Yeah. So I know a lot of women, inclu myself included, and um, there's a, a really big YouTube spiritual teacher that she's also talked about this, um, going through this phase of taking away all of the masks, taking away the high heels, the lingerie, the makeup, and really sort of detoxing from all of that. And then coming from this wholeness and this worthiness and then choosing yourself. What do I feel like? You know, your color palettes might change. Your fabric choices might change. You might decide not to wear any of it ever again. You might decide that you want it, but then different than it was before. Do you know what I mean? Because then it's really for you and it's the expression of who you really are and not trying to um, live up to a particular uh, mold. I would like to tell a little story about this. Do I have two seconds to do this? So, I'm looking at both of you guys. You have this beautiful um, blonde hair and shell. What color your eyes? Blue? Yeah, blue. Blue. Okay. So I have um, darkish hair. In, in America, they called this dishwater brown. Mm. Like this looked like a mouse kind of thing. And I have these brown eyes. And I played with Barbie dolls all the time. And that was my image. And for years, like, if I could do anything in the world, it would be to save women years, years of doing what I did. And that was trying to be something I would never be. And that was Barbie. So there was one point that I wore blue contacts. I would wear the highest heels I could find because I'm quite short. And I would bleach blonde my hair and grow it really, really long. And you know, I kind of looked like a Barbie, but it looked kind of weird because it wasn't who I am. <laughs> And yeah, so, but I got that image as from a very, very young child. And that was for me what it meant to be a woman. Mm -hmm. I was so wrong. <laughs> I tell my girls, like, you know, you see it in teenagers, like just what you're saying. Mm -hmm. and I tell them it's so, your age, all you want to be is someone better or someone different. And as you discover who you are, you just want to be the best version of yourself. You know, that's the transformation. And just say years would be, would be huge. I try to tell them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sorry? You don't see that in men. Like men don't. Oh really want to change their body type as much as women or their hair color or you know they don't have these external pressures to put on makeup and yeah. transform themselves like women do where was your aha moment blossom when when did you decide to Ooh. embrace yourself mm. i think i have those every single day <laughs> <laughs> like every day I'm like, oh, I need to embrace myself. Um, my aha moment really, I think, really quite came at the beginning of all of this about maybe four or five years ago. Um, and even then, it wasn't like just one aha moment because these subconscious programmings that are constantly running, like, even in my last relationship, I caught myself 
kind of using this same, dare I say this, the same old tricks. I was like, oh, but I, I was aware and I was conscious and I'd never had that before. So I took on the tough conversation. I said, you know what? I need to, I need to fess up. I need to tell you the truth about something. And he was like, what's that? And I was like, well, you know, I fell into an old pattern and, you know, that has had an effect on, you know, that we've gotten to where we are and it's had an effect on our sexuality and our sex life. And I really want to, I really want to talk about this. Um, yeah. And that was, that was a big aha moment to realize, like, I have this consciousness, I have this awareness and there's old programs and, and, um, patterns that, you know, play out. You have to be really, really on the ball. <laughs> so I say meditate every day. <laughs> and just to be aware that we do live in a matrix where we're fed programs from the time we're really young, you know, like ideas of how we should look, how should we should act. And it's all to feed this matrix that once you see it, it you can't go back. This is true. Well, you were just asking me about the lineage and what I'm cleaning up and stuff. You just now hit it on the nail because if I look at like my great grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, the things that they were taught about, you know, in, in Christian, Christian, Christianity, they talk about the Jezebel. So let's not even, you know, uh, you know, on one hand, we're we're taught to like look a certain way and be a certain way. And on the other hand, from the church, it's like, no, don't do all that. I grew up kind of like, you know, what do you want from me? Yeah. It's mm -hmm. taboo in one world and sought after in another. How confusing. Right? Right? Yeah. And it's always like both ideas are around being pleasing <clears throat> to our partner, not around embracing and loving ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. And perhaps, perhaps cancer, maybe any cancer or any other disease that people run into or near, near death experiences and all these things, maybe losing a loved one. These can be those moments that really invite us to do this, to really come home to ourselves and to go in because this is this is the only thing, you know, we have. We're, we're born with us. We take our breath. It's, it's with our body. We take our last breath with our body. You know, maybe it, this is a beautiful fantasy. It'd be great if we had all of our loved ones around us. But the only person we're going to be with when we die is us. Same person that we were with when we came into this world. And maybe these, these really challenging moments in life are just asking us to come home you know yeah and yeah truly discover who we are and i you know i love your mm. name of your podcast past the pause because it's like a pause these things you know allow us to pause and grow yes. tell us about your podcast yeah and mm. well when you say this um yeah th this is really what past the pause is about in the breadth, in the, in the wideness of the scope. It's also focusing on the pause being the menopause, because I myself am in midlife, and I want to see nothing more than a future of 
ageless living and all beings, male or female, going into this second part of life as an ageless being. And that doesn't matter what's come before. And I really, truly believe that by, you know, doing the things we need to do to get really deep inside and to love ourselves, to embrace ourselves, to show up from this authenticity, that we can actually start reversing the clock, you know, maybe in some ways. There's, there are scientists that start to say that this is possible. <laughs> so... So past the pause is, um, yeah, it, it's, it, on one hand, it's the contemporary conscious woman's guide to a magnificent menopause. And we're focusing on all different modalities that can help a woman go through this um, uh, metamorphosis in life, but really for any metamorphosis. And I think that all of these life challenging moments um, can be a moment to look at what's going on and then emerge and come past the pause. Yeah. Yeah, to metamorphose, beautiful. To metamorphose, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Bamboo. That was really inspiring. <laughs> Blossom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have such a beautiful name. I think of both Blossom and Bamboo as equally beautiful. <laughs> I quite like the sound of it when you say bamboo, but it, it has a different quality. I don't know if you feel that, but when blossom, like blossom bamboo is the integration of the feminine and the masculine and put them together. I feel like I'm very whole. Yeah. Blossom bamboo. Yeah. Thank you, Blossom, for bringing this beautiful information to us today and to help us integrate and become whole. Mm. And for everyone out there, don't forget, don't give away your power to anyone else. Just go be you. Be you, yes, for sure. Thank you for these amazing questions. That's yeah, and blossom. And where would where would everyone find you on social media? So on Facebook, you can find me at Meet Dark Blossom, and the same is on Instagram at eat dark blossom and the name of the podcast is past the pause perfect and we'll put that in the description as well everyone thank you blog cool, cool.